No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. It is now officially the holiday. The holidays are upon us. Yeah, well, we just finished one. And uh, now is the best time ever to pick yourself up a mushroom chocolate bar or two. Buy one, get one free from our sponsor, Melt Premium Mushroom Chocolate. Thank you, mm-hmm. Melt Premium Mushrooms. Four grams of their sacred mushroom blend in every bar, along with other adaptogens and goodies. Organic vegan options, and a whole bunch of flavors. What's the one you got up on your phone there, Apple? This is the new uh, Coffee Crunch Bar collaboration with Go Get em Tiger Coffee. Ooh. Right. A natural Ethiopia blend. Ooh. Everybody likes the Ethiopian blend mixed with their mushroom chocolate. Go over to at Melt Mushrooms, M-E-L-T-M-U-S-H-R-O-O-M-S on Instagram. Shoot them a DM. Tell them you're part of the No Simple Road family and that we sent you and you're going to get buy one, get one free mushroom chocolate bars. For the month of November. For the month of November. And hey, check this out. You can put them in people's stockings and Uh, they will have a magical mushroom flavored chocolate gift. Get it? Magic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, love you guys. Mushroom chocolates. Buy one, get one free. Melt premium mushroom chocolates. Aw. Shop Tour Bus is a fantastic Sponsor of No Simple Road. Our longest sponsor. That's right. And it's even more fantastic for the holidays. The holidays are here and they have everything you need for that grateful dead lover in your life. That's right. You can get t-shirts, hoodies, hats, tote bags, and more over at Shop Tour Bus with incredible designs of Grateful Dead songs told in picture form. And they're still doing the poly mailers right now, but if you order something and you want that hand-drawn box like they used to send, let them know and they will do something custom and you will possibly get a miracle bootleg. That, that, that That's, yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. These, these make perfect gifts too, like we're talking about holiday season. You get this in the mail to somebody you love, a friend, a family member. They're going to love you and they're going to be styling and that's they're going to be comfortable. And so you're going to get free shipping. When you put in the promo code No Simple Road, all one word at checkout, they are hooking you up with free shipping for the holidays because you're part of the No Simple Road family and they're part of the No Simple Road family and they want you to look cool and get it there shipped for free. So go to shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram and hook it up, man. You've had your Thanksgiving dinner, your belly's full, it's the day after, and you don't want to cook. You really don't. 
And you're no, done with that really. leftover business, That's too. right. You don't want any more of those leftovers. You want to go over to Fire on the Mountain and get yourself some delicious chicken wings or a nice salad, a, a, some sandwiches, pizza at the Fremont location. Some of those awesome desserts. And don't forget, like at the Burnside location, the pumpkin pie bites, battered and fried, dusted Ooh. with cinnamon, served with a side of whipped cream. This is the Grateful Dead family mm. creating culinary masterpieces in permanent locations that are not on the lot. So you're not like getting grilled cheese with bacon in every motherfucking bite. This is like real food that the Grateful Dead family is cooking for you. And, and as, as wings go too, like they have so many variety. They have like 12 sauces usually and then the monthly specials as well. So like you're not going to get bored with the sauces and rubs they have. Yeah. And if you are out of town, out of Denver and out of Portland or Bend, then you can go to PortlandWings.com and order yourself um, some of those sauces and or some of their merch for the holidays. That's true. And here in the Portland area, you can even get their sauces at uh, some of the local grocery outlets as well. So check it out. It's worth your time to check out what the Grateful Dead family is cooking. Go over to PortlandWings.com. Visit the three locations here in Portland uh, at two locations in Denver and one location in Bend. Fire on the mountain. No simple road. Yeah, here we go. kind of like when you're when you're talking to somebody and then they're looking at their phone yeah it's, kinda, but it's, it's like kind of rude but that's a little part, bit a part of what we do here like me and mel both in have the our beginning. phones out so we know we have everything ready mm-hmm. to announce mm-hmm. dates and mm-hmm. music hey now no civil road family hey, this is Aaron. Hayton. this is mel and this is Apple with my phone out. Yeah. And happy to Black Friday. Yay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Woo. Late stage capitalism. You made it through Thanksgiving. You did. And we're proud of you. Yeah. And now here you are listening to No Simple Road. Got, got that fridge full of leftovers, those awkward pieces of pie that are left, trying to figure out what you're going to eat. Oh, <laughs> we haven't had dinner yet. We're, we're recording. No. It's Thursday. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving day. Right now. Um, Everyone, I hope that your Thanksgiving was exactly what you needed this year, that you were surrounded by people that you love, that there was lots of good music, as much delicious food as you could stand, and that it wasn't awkward or weird if you yeah. were with your family, because sometimes it can it, it be like that. And we want to welcome Haley to the show. Haley Jane, thank you so much for coming on No Simple Road sharing some awesome stories and about yourself and your career and we love you and thanks again there you know the every episode of no simple road i love but there are certain conversations that we have that i i wish that everybody that knows about this show could listen to and this is absolutely one of those conversations um Haley was extremely generous with herself. With Absolutely. Us. Um, very vulnerable and uh, very generous with her telling of her life and her struggles. And 
I know that there are people that listen to this show that are going to hugely benefit from just hearing somebody else go through what Haley has been through and overcome. And it's a testimony to the strength of the human being. Yeah. And when you see her, we haven't seen her live yet, but watching some of her performance, she is a powerful performer. Yeah, well, I just know we, we saw her live when we did the Zoom call from the moment she came on camera, her smile and mm-hmm. positivity. It just it was like she was in the room. Yep. Afterwards, we we're all like it was like she was here. You could feel her. She is lit up like a ray of sunshine, man. And so she has a lot of exciting stuff coming down the pike, too, man. And uh, she's got a solo acoustic thing happening. And that's going to be uh, tonight, the 24th, um, in Rhode Island at the United Theater. And then tomorrow, the 25th, in Fairfield, Connecticut, at the FTC Stage 1. All right. Apple, what else she got coming up? Um, Then as soon as she wraps that up, then she's got some dates uh, coming uh, November 28th. Looks like she's going to be in the Virgin Islands for like one, two, three, four, four performances. And then Saratoga Springs, New York, Rochester, Buffalo, Ithaca, and then on to Hartford, Connecticut to wrap it up on December 17th. Dope. All right. And if you're not familiar with her stuff, I will. My This is my YouTube plug. She has an amazing YouTube channel where you can go see her doing a bunch of her originals and some of the best covers of songs that just blew my doors off there's a lot to see there apple doesn't have any doors anymore because of Haley jane yeah she blew them off <laughs> yeah they're gone and one of my favorite things you know i like to write stuff in my notes one of the favorite my favorite things she said was be brave enough to share your stories wow that's poignant yes it yeah, is that well, goes well with this one other thing go over to haleyjane.com h-a-y-l-e-y-j-a-n-e.com you can check out everything she's doing. She has several other projects and just go check it out and see what all she's up to. She's doing a lot. Yeah. And you're going to hear about some new stuff that's coming up with her here in this conversation we had with her again. Haley, thank you for being so vulnerable and sweet and genuine and real with us. And uh, we don't take that lightly and it, it means the world. And I know that our listeners are going to benefit and appreciate from everything that you had to say. So and one thing we did not mention yet, she's an incredible artist. That is another that's, thing yeah, that that's we, absolutely we bring thing. up in, in this conversation, but take a look at her Instagram, which is Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y underscore Jane, J-A-N-E. And she's got some of her prints on there and things that she's done. And, and it's like, the gamut of things stuff that's super psychedelic and weird all the way to pets to <laughs> just some fun stuff so we again. need to send her a picture of darwin so she could <laughs> darwin for us. uh on another note i want to say thank you to everybody that reached out to me yes yesterday day before yesterday for my birthday yeah that was so sweet thank you all for the wonderful birthday wishes you made me feel loved and uh i mean i always feel like that with all of you but Really felt it on my birthday, man. And uh, yeah, super cool to be part of the No Simple Road family and have you all reach out and say happy birthday to me, man. I was, it was, I was cool. I was just happy for you when I got home uh, on your birthday. You were, you were just smiling and you're like, you know what I did for my birthday? Nothing. And it was wonderful. Well, like when you get older, like, like not nothing, but you, you like relax day. Well, the night before my birthday, Mel and I went and saw 
Bella Fleck and um, Zakir Hussein doing As, As We, we speak. speak. And it was insanely good. But I told my mom, my mom asked me, she was like, what'd you do for your birthday? And I was like, nothing. We stayed home. I think I was in bed by 930. And she said, oh, and I was like, no, not oh. I was like, <laughs> when you're doing stuff all the time, a day off is a treat. It, it was a, like wonderful. I didn't do shit. And it was great. And you enjoyed it. That's what I thought when I got home. You're like, I didn't do nothing. I almost thought the same. It was like, oh, and you're like, and it was wonderful. Yeah, man. We, we a piece of birthday cake <laughs> at like seven o'clock. Well, I mean, I hooked it up. Oh, that, bur- it was that nice. birthday cake too. Yeah. That, that oh my cake God. and just, I, I asked you I got, several times. You did. No, I, look, we've made a big deal out of my birthday before and that was fun. But this year I wasn't feeling it. I I needed some I needed some me time. Sure. <laughs> At fifty two, you know, I'm just I needed some me time. I needed here. a minute to regroup, <laughs> and then, then we'll, we'll get back at it here in a minute. Um, but yeah, thanks everybody for reaching out. I love all of you. Thanks from the bottom of my heart. You make my world richer just knowing that you're all out there. And I know that sounds like some bullshit platitude thing that people say but it's really 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 the truth it's and, platitude until you feel it yeah and then you know you're like, and then wow, you're like well i, I guess. said that and i really meant it yeah <laughs> um i got the warm fuzzies exactly mm. so let's do the business and get them to this dope conversation the business everybody it's the holidays i know we told you about it at the beginning but some of you fast forward past the commercials buy one get one free mushroom chocolate bars from melt premium mushroom until the end of this month that's right and that is not a little thing so go over to at melt mushrooms on instagram dm them tell them we sent you you get buy one get one free mushroom chocolate bars any and uh go over to nosimpleroad.com you can get no simple road merch to put under the the chris mahana kwanzaa tree and uh you can you can also purchase a tarot reading from mel and i we use the grateful dead tarot deck you can gift that to somebody we have gift ideas for you here yes, at we no do. Simple Road. look at us go Go over to our Patreon, which is exploding with content. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, you are missing Andrew's picks, Connor's picks. You're missing card of the day, card of the day, tarot card of the day with Mel. You're missing Apple cinematic adventures. You're missing my coffee blog. You're missing all the episodes ad free in a day early. See, you're missing stuff. And that's it. Don't be missing shit. Go over to Patreon. Dot com forward slash no simple road. Sign up for as little as a buck. You sign up for a buck. Get all that extra shit. I don't know who else is giving you a dollar's worth of stuff like that. You can't get us. much for a dollar nowadays. No, nowadays. Especially fantastic You get content. a couple bananas. That's about That's it. That's about it. We're, we're giving you more than <laughs> bananas over here at No yep. Simple Road. Uh, um, what else? What am I missing? Oh, leave us a review. The, Apple. Uh, the, uh, yeah, that Apple review. Go over there. Hit that five stars. Like I said, we are finally at 420, but who's yeah. going to break that 420? Let's and break uh, the seal. no new review, but there is always time to get one in to us because we love them. They make us smile. We love reading them and we love you for well, doing it. It, and it doesn't just because we're don't just do it because we love it. Do it because you know that it helps the show Do it because you yes. love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, for whatever reason, the algorithm does things when people... We're just reminding you, if you like the show, you love the show, do that because you love it. And also tell somebody you love about the show. And And don't forget the tepid line. Oh, yeah, I have... Do we have a a call on the tepid line? We do. 971-808-1524 is the number for the tepid line. Sub No Simple Road, Um, it's Cam. And I just went and saw uh, Dogs in a Pile at the Troubadour opening for 
Aaron's favorite band of all time, uh, <laughs> Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. Well, man, what a great show! It, it was it was packed out in there. I've, I've been to the Troubadour a bunch of times now since living in LA, and that was the most people I've seen in there for sure. Yeah. Um, and Dogs in the Pile was just great. I mean, the improv is like unreal with those dudes. They they played this song called uh, I think it's Craig and Pat. Yeah. Um, and the lyrics are really silly. It's like, you know, there was a guy named Craig and he was a real cool guy. I like the lyrics, but then they like bust out this like 24 long minute jam. Uh, that was just awesome. I mean, these guys are like, you know, well beyond their years improvisationally and the songs are fantastic too. And was really blown away by them. Um, and then I hadn't seen pigeons playing ping pong yet. And Aaron, Gave them such a glowing review on Best Show Ever. Little plug for Best Show Ever. <laughs> um, and they, uh, they were they were amazing. And like Greg, this guy comes out and his eyes are like wide as the sun. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you? Is this guy for real? Is he kidding? Or what? What's happening here? Um, but they were awesome. And like you know, I don't know a ton of Pigeon Playing Ping Pong songs, um, but they end up playing a bunch of songs that I know and like like obviously horizon and um they play water i love that song um but just the energy between those guys on stage is awesome um they're clearly clearly having a good time um and it was just it was just a classic la rock night at the troubadour baby <laughs> Did it, Cam. Um, yeah. miss you guys miss you love too you buddy guys. love you too love you cam uh happy thanksgiving or whatever yeah. Bye. Bye, Cam. <laughs> we love that, you, Cam. That was a proper review of a show. Yes. That was properly done, Cam. Good. We will give you an A-plus review for your use of the tepid line, 971-808-1524. That's how you do that. We have one more from David in California. David. And if I can hit play on it. Hey, No Simple family. It is Dave from California, and I incredible view of san francisco bay listening to today's monday rewind and uh i just to uh remind you about the consequences and fines (laughs) have a beautiful day have a beautiful week have an amazing thanksgiving love the fam love you guys there in the studio and uh i hope everybody has a freaking amazing thanksgiving with lots of family, love, food, celebration, games, arguments, and everything <laughs> else family is totally notoriously known for during these family get-togethers. So, enjoy, guys. Much love, much respect, much fun. Mm-hmm. Sorry we couldn't hear Always come some on. of that hey, it's okay. message. I'm going to fix it. Well, that's okay. So nobody will know. It's oh. time to go play a game and argue now. Okay, oh, no. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Don't tell me what we're going to do. <laughs> hey, let's play cards. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not playing. Shut up. Oh, you like always David. cheat. <laughs> All right. So that's 971-808-1524. That's, that's what you do. That's it. You too could do that. It'd be you on there. But so now, it's not. now all you are going to sit down, take a nice deep breath, <sighs> put your headphones on Ooh. and listen to this bomb interview with Haley Jane. Get some tissues ready. That's right. Yeah. This is a good one. Everybody. Yeah. This was very good. Without further ado, the No Simple Road Crew gives you Haley Jane.
That that was a great recording entrance. in progress. Okay, we're recording. Yeah, all right, it's official. Okay. Yay! We all we all pulled Hi. it together. Hi, Haley. How we doing? Great, doing good. Well, good. I guess I'm I'm Apple. Hi, Apple. Hello. That's a wonderful name. Thank you. It's it's my last yeah. name. I'm Aaron. Aaron and I'm Mel. Nice to meet you, Haley. That's my sister's name. Really, Mel? Well, it's short for Melanie. Okay, my sister is Melisand. Oh, Melisand. I would always go oh, by that long name. Yeah. That's Isn't amazing. that different? It's such a beautiful name. It yeah, it really is. Haley, my parents were were going for a land, water, and sky theme with our names. Oh, I get it. Right on. So Melisand, sand is in the land. Chelsea, S E A, is in the ocean. And then mine, Haley's comet was coming by when I was born, so I was named after oh, wow. Haley's comet. Wow. Okay. Very very thoughtful people. Yeah, very thoughtful. I'll say. Right on, mom yeah. and dad. Yeah. Haley. Hippies turned conservative Republicans. <laughs> you know, it happens. It does. Like most of our folks. It does happen. Yeah, yeah. it does. Um, yeah. Will you do us a solid and introduce yourself to the people sure. that are listening? Let them know what you do and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm Haley Jane. I'm a singer and performance artist and painter and songwriter. Wow. And other things as well yeah we're gonna we're gonna get applause yeah, for that yeah. we need applause yeah. Yay, Haley. <laughs> um Haley, thanks for hanging out yeah. with us oh i'm so happy to be here yeah so, and it was so funny i i have to admit because it's funny and i like to own when i make these funny mistakes but <laughs> i joined the zoom at 7 p.m east coast time oh because i'm out here on the east coast now oh I was, shit so i just didn't see the pst but then i then i freaked out and thought i missed it and then did the math and i'm i'm super grateful that you you can delete messages in instagram now oh shit because the amount of <laughs> messages I was writing you on Instagram oh, just no. being like I'm an idiot blah 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 and then I found out you could delete them all like it never happened yeah. perfect I, I wouldn't have known so way to own yeah. it yeah <laughs> yeah totally well Haley tell us all about yourself start at the beginning <laughs> okay <And> it <laughs> yeah it's a wild tale my friend let's um, hear it man I'm, it sounds I'm here like for a cool it. one it's interesting uh you know I'll 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 try and use code for the NDA stuff. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I grew up in a little town called Monterey, uh, Pacific Grove near Monterey, California. Uh -huh. Cool. Um, for its aquarium. Right. And then when I was uh, 
about there's so many fun little stories in your child you want to get to everything but i'm just going to kind of give you the the abridged version and i we moved to a little town called atascadero california which means a mud hole or a place one gets stuck in spanish i am actually familiar with that i am also you know atascadero yes (laughs) i I lived in the san joaquin valley and very familiar with a lot of california yeah so that's where i went to high school and the formative years and then i um during my senior year, I went down to an audition in LA and it was a cattle call audition for an, uh, a theme park mm-hmm. and they were auditioning royalty. And so I got oh. a job as a princess <laughs> at, at this, this unnamed theme park rhymes with and, um, <laughs> <Ms. Mishman>. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you start. and i played this woman who lived with seven little men and oh i did, i was 17 years old when i got that gig and i moved down there and wow. coming from a small town i swore i had arrived like i'm an actress this is it like this is what i always wanted and i was in la i think for a year and a half and by that, by the end there, I just knew it was such, you really need to be fortified and know who you are to be oh, down there. Yeah. So I just, I realized that it just wasn't the right place for me to be at 17, 18 years old, that I just didn't know who I was. And I was so scared that LA was going to decide for me if I didn't get out of there. And so Yikes. I went back to Atascadero with my tail between my legs and, um, I met a band called Westbound Train. They were recording at my um, high school band director's recording studio. Brian Wallace, my high school band director, was the saxophone player on 40 Ounces of Freedom. Oh, oh shit. Cool. Okay. Super cool guy. We yeah. had ska band and big band. You, it, my, school was, my high school was awesome for the arts. And um, they told me to check out Boston. And so I went and visited and then uh, Richard, the trumpet player of Westbound Train said, why don't you just, you can stay with me. Why don't you come and like really check it out? And so I um, transferred Starbucks's, which is where I was working at the time and started, uh, moved to Boston. And I was looking at theater, doing theater there because I had done musical theater for years. And um but everybody, they were just getting people from New York. They were bringing in professionals from New York. So I really wasn't sure how to get started. And then um, Westbound Train had a side project, a traditional Jamaican rock, steady, reggae, ska band, like Studio One stuff, like the old stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, like Doreen Schaefer and the Scatolites and stuff. They were covering all of that. And they said, why don't you come on and kind of be our Doreen Schaefer and sing a few tunes? <laughs> and I'd never sung in a band before. And I remember getting up there being like, who am I? supposed to be you know i just didn't realize that i'd always played a character and so that was my first time uh being on stage and and realizing that i kind of had to come up with my own persona so how did you do that at that point like you know maybe later on you figured it out but in that moment what did you like go toward what did you cling to that's a really interesting question what i ended up doing was kind of creating a character for each song um taking on the story of each like you know there was a three-month period where i was snow white during the day and lulu the german prostitute in cabaret at night (laughs) i would i would go from being this this princess pure as the driven snow right to a a prostitute at night 
Um, and it was wonderful. As an actress, you couldn't ask for anything better. You're, you're getting to tap into these two um, just polar opposite characters. And I feel like I've always enjoyed existing between those two women and then finding all these different little characters. I talk about Jim Henson and Frank Oz quite a bit because the Muppets are great examples of they took little pieces of themselves and like blew them up into whole characters, like little secrets and little little parts of themselves and little embarrassing parts of themselves. Like I, I always feel like Fozzie is Frank Oz's insecurity around not being funny. And, you know, there's, there's all these things. And so I liked what I did was the first song I ever wrote for the void union was called plain Jane. And I was currently on Zoloft at the time. And I just felt very like <laughs> I had no emotion, none. And I was able to sit and read all of Jane Eyre which is a very dry novel. And, yeah. <laughs> and so at the time I was just kind of like, you know, you could have told me really bad news or really good news. And I would have just kind of reacted the same way. Huh, okay. And I just felt very just one level. And I wrote this song plain Jane and that's kind of, so now even when I would, even when I was off of those drugs and kind of tapping back into who I was, I um I would try to revisit that when I would sing that song. Okay. And so each song kind of has its own character and its own name and this person all kind of muster up, you know. I have a song about um a girl that becomes a prostitute and I never became a prostitute, but there was a part of me that always wondered how a girl got there. I don't know yeah. if any woman really expects to end up there. Maybe some women do. Maybe that's a, you know, but I think I was kind of just um, ashamed that I was curious about that. And so I wrote this song as like this way. It's a way to get your secrets out. Oh, Did okay. you, were you curious because, you know, you're working as, you know, doing that on stage, you know, as Lulu, like then you, of course you like, it's easy to think like, oh my God, what if I was Lulu? What if, you know, and, and also kind of tapping into your inner Lulu. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that what I was wrestling with was, is it shame? I was raised Baptist. I was raised Christian and anything of a sexual nature with yes. not the person that you're married with anybody, but the person you're married with is just absolute, just terrible. And so when the concept of prostitution really confused me because there was a part of me that thought it was just unbelievably terrible and shameful and how horrible for these women and how terrible that they're doing this. And then there was a part of me that's like, wow, that's very empowering to have something like that. Um, I was just confused by the dynamic yeah. of it. And was it empowering or was it shameful? Like, do these, there's a movement of women up in Canada that are trying to get like health insurance and they think of themselves more as sex therapists. And there's this huge debate going on about sex work. And back when I wrote Madam Humphrey, I think I was just kind of trying to write about one girl's experience. Um, you know, it was, it's a very, I think I write these songs to just kind of be able to ask these questions without being afraid. I mm. think um, in this climate, everybody just can get so angry so quickly and canceled. And and so it's like sometimes the best way to to tell your secrets or or start a conversation is through music, I think, maybe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a it's definitely a way to place something inside outside without having to admit to that thing it can be a character it can be somebody else you know it's this isn't me this is a song yeah and here you go yeah, yeah there's it's exactly exactly you nailed it you nailed it because i have this song there's one where i just kind of lay it out i say this is a 
completely fictional song tale about a completely fictional woman. And, and then there's all these specifics about being in Monterey and like, it's so obviously <laughs> about me. And, um, you know, it's called loose screws. She had a few beautifully loose screws and, um, you know, so it's, it is the best way to express something that you're scared to say out loud or talk about, and you can do it poetically and you can get as cryptic as you want to the point where only you would know that that's the meaning. Um, yeah. But you're still getting it out there. You're still saying it in front of a group of people. So there is a release. Because wow. um, I'm a huge advocate for speaking up and talking about the things. I think people keep too much inside. I think it's what can make oh, yeah. people sick. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, the truth will set you free. Just if you're holding on to like a lie or something, I always just encourage my friends and family to just spill the beans, come out with it. It's going to feel so much better. Yeah, Most of the time when you do that, you fit, find out that it wasn't what you thought it was in the first damn place. It's like exactly. half, the time, yeah, you, half the time. You think you're going to have to deal with all this shit and fall out. And then it's like, Oh, that was pretty easy. And now I feel better yep. about yeah. it. Or, yeah. or sometimes when it's not easy, right. You still get it out. Yeah. Oh, but in the end, like, I agree that the buildup to it Ugh. is horrific. In and here. and especially if you have, a, you know, a vibrant imagination, <laughs> you know, and I, I am I'm probably just one of the best at, at telling mm, stories before I know the reality of the situation. Ooh, and, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm just a huge advocate for that over the last few years, just 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 saying it, saying it, telling people, telling people the truth. I used to be such a people pleaser um, to a fault, to a point where it was disrupting my life quite a bit. Oh, wow. and so, so what helped you, you get know, out yeah. of that, that mindset of being a people pleaser? What was there like a, an incident or, a, or something you're like, okay, enough's enough. You know what I mean? Or was it just kind of like a gradual maturing growing up thing? I started surrounding myself with the right people. I started surrounding myself with people that encouraged me to be honest. Mm. Um, it's funny because, yeah, I, it really was just I think that's the best the best way to explain it was I just started to uh, spend time with people who were on um, who just had a healthier outlook. And I had a tendency to um, be with people who were, and now I don't want to blame it on others. That doesn't feel right either. I think it's just growing up and I think it's experiencing enough um, and realizing that you've spent so much time <laughs> trying to bend and shape and, and mold yourself into what you think other people want you to be that you've lost all, uh, you, you've lost, you know, who you are. And I think that I, I had a tendency to, I've always been in a relationship. I'm single for like the first time in a long time. And, um, I was always just, I would put everything on the back burner for the person I was with. And, and, um, you know, it just, it never works out if you do that. That's no. the thing is it just never works out if you're not honest, because it's always going to come up. It's always going to break through some other way. Yep. That's probably it. As I think I just got sick of, things it always comes out some way it it always um the truth will always be revealed mm. and who you really are if you suppress that to please somebody else you're gonna end up presenting that person well Haley, oh, I, yeah. think, I think a lot of people 
maybe, what do I know? But in my opinion, a lot of people go through life and never figure out who they are. They, they are a conglomeration of, they're like a collage of things that they think. Amalgam. Of, yes. That's yes, one of my words yes. of the week. Thank you. <laughs> of like. Their teacher, their uh, mom, yeah. and, their and like cousin. Other people's stories and feelings about them and, and never getting to the root of like, what do I like? Where yeah. am I going? What is my choice based on nothing but me? It's, it's difficult. And that's, it's. It's so awesome though, when you start to get it, because I found out that it's also great. I think when you're younger too, like I had a, a boyfriend that loved hockey and I would go to the games and the energy was so great. It wasn't really my thing. And then I was like, okay, well, I love the energy of this. This is awesome, but not really my thing. Right. And and I would say I loved hockey. And then I realized, like, I don't really. And but then rock climbing. I dated a guy that rock climbed. I love rock climbing. That is something I'm very grateful that I took on because that's something where after him and I split up, I realized I liked it because I kept going. Aww. I kept buying the gear. Right. And and I love it. Um, but. I discovered that I love painting them so much. And I love performing and I love writing. And those were, I just discovered that I was spending so much time doing things I didn't enjoy doing. Oh. I was spending so much of my life going places because I thought that's what I needed to be doing. Or, you know, uh, I don't know, just, just trying to do things because either somebody else wanted to, or it's because I thought I'm supposed to go do this. I'm supposed to go here. I'm supposed to have this experience when in reality, all I wanted to do was be at my cabin painting or, or making music or making, you know, and when you, when you realize that, then you can start spending more of your time doing what you love. Mm -hmm. And then you find more joy and then you're able to spread more joy. And then you're just a happier person and you find your quality of life has just, you know, gotten so much better. And I also think I'm a recovering addict. I also think that a huge part of why I used and numbed was because, and I didn't, I wasn't conscious of it was because I was doing so many things that I wasn't happy doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so I would just drink and do drugs to just be like, okay, this is it. This is it. You know? And the second I started doing the things that I love, the desire to numb disappeared. I, okay. Well, so, and then, go ahead, Apple. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say that then when you go through all that and you find yourself, then you end up attracting the people you're supposed to be around. Yeah. Is the beauty of that. And then, then, you're, yeah. and then, then it's like, then you are a magnet attracting what you should be attracting. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I, it, it, I was an addict too, Haley. I mm. I was a heroin addict for ten years. So was Apple. <laughs> and um, that one's a beast, huh? Oof. Yeah, yeah, no fun. <laughs> I, that I, one has a firm handshake. Yes, <laughs> and it likes to stick around. It looks you in the eye <laughs> and gets right in there. Uh -huh. Um, I know for me what my bottom was, and I know why I stopped. Um, it was Mel and I've been married for 25 years. Oh, I love that. And, uh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, when she got pregnant with our son, 
that's oh, I love that too. That was like I, I was. I said to myself, you know, he, whoever this is, whoever this person is that's coming into the world, did not ask for a junkie for a father. Oh. And I'm done. And uh, there was a lot of shit before that, obviously. But for you, what was the what was the thing? What made you flip the switch? Um, oh, I never talked about this. Um, I got pregnant. Oh, wow. And, ooh, okay, I can do this. It's okay. I got pregnant with not the right person. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, you know, that relationship. It was the person I started using with. And we'd been together for quite a while. I started using when my bass player took his own life um, almost 12 years ago. And uh, we kind of spiraled together and then you know, we'd left, get back together and we left and then kind of got back together and all of our friends are like, Oh no, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I got pregnant. And for me, the moment was without getting into too much detail, I'd gotten back from a show at Brooklyn bowl and I wasn't sure what I was going to do yet. And I was scared and I wanted to be a mom, but I just, I was still struggling. I was still, I was off of I was off of heroin. I hadn't done an opiate. And I think in about a, a year or so at that time. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do and got home. And then we got into a big blowout. And I just had this huge aha moment where, and I think people that are in unhealthy, toxic or abusive relationships know what I'm talking about. There's just this moment of extreme clarity where you almost take this mental picture of the situation and you go, if I stay here i'm choosing this Mm. i cannot blame anybody but myself Mm. like and and not to victim blame and i i have so much love and compassion for people in abusive relationships but you know i knew in that moment that if i stayed that this was what i had to look forward to and so um i grabbed my stuff and i left and that was the last time i saw this person and i went up luckily i was hosting a wild women's retreat up in vermont that weekend. And, um, I happened to, we told the baby that it was not its time and that we would love for it to come back later. Uh, I'll never forget my friend Tara Lee and I did that. We put our hands on my belly and I miscarried two days later, uh, on mother's day of 2018. And so it's sorry, this is all very heavy. And if it's too heavy for your no, podcast, no, no. This, you is, this, is what, this is what we do, Haley. This is, okay. this is our, yeah, this, I, yeah, we, I'm just like, the be- thing it's is, a beautiful story actually. So I was please. surrounded by women when this happened. The universe is so amazing because I think like what you were saying, where people, you start to, people start to get drawn to you. I'm also a firm believer that when you start to make the right decisions for yourself, God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, um, the greater, you know, thing uh, starts to show you and sh- kind of show you and shower you with, um, you know, opportunity and and light. And I think that that baby came to show me how to leave. Mm. And it was because I very much wanted it, but, you know, was very scared to have it with this person. And so it, you know, it. 
I miscarried and that was a new experience. What was so beautiful, I was there with like 15 women and I came down the stairs and I was supposed to teach a movement class. And I was like, that's not happening. (laughs) And um, I sat everybody down and I said, change a plan. And I told them what had happened. 11 out of the 15 women there had either um, terminated or miscarried. And we went around and told all of our stories. So you had immediate support. Right away. Wow. Right away. And so that I felt very, very lucky. And that was, I'm, I relapsed on, um, uh, not heroin, but pills, but, uh, opiates. Uh, I relapsed one for one day and I called a friend of mine, uh, drummer, really awesome guy, uh, in the scene. And, um, He's like, come to my house. (laughs) He's like, we're going to sort this out. And that was the last time I did an opiate. Mm. Um, uh, I'm sorry, abused an opiate. I had surgery and took them. But um, that was the big moment for me. And, you know, and it's it it was a rocky road. Like quitting alcohol was, you know, a whole other journey. You know, it was like getting off the really bad. And then you're like, all right, that's good. And you congratulate yourself. And then you still realize that there's some stuff that's still kind of spiraling. And you're like, I think I have to let go of this other stuff too. And, and so, um, it was a journey and, you know, I had to go off the road, the primates, my band had to go on hiatus and it was a lot of pain and a lot of loss. I'm sure, you know, like you have to change your friends. You have to, it's, I'm amazed with the friends that stuck with me. I'm just in awe of those people, yeah, you know, for, for me, this had, is it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know it was, it was very few people and, and, um, you know, it was even, and some of them are still reeling from it. And you can feel it when you talk to them, they still have this kind of anger, even if they don't know it, this kind of subconscious frustration with you. Oh yes. And mm. I've learned that some of them almost like hold you in that place. Oh yeah. And kind of expect you to, can, it's hard. Cause some, there's some people that I'm realizing I, I might have to, you know, just distance myself from because they are just kind of holding me in that role and just assuming that I'm going to mess up again or assuming that I'm unreliable and I'm doing my best to, you also have to work to gain people's trust back. You have to work oh, yeah. to prove to everybody that you're stable and building your career back after something like that is I went to California for a while during the pandemic and, um, and being back now and being ready and being where I am is just a really beautiful feeling. Haley, and you look, the future you, you looks look very lit up. Thank you. You really do. You look wonderful. Like your yeah. eyes are shining. Thank you can you. see that you're alive and that yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really and cool to see. Well, yeah, it's hard because, you know, the, the memories uh, pop up on Facebook. Oh, I'm sure you get it too. It's like you see some from like right in the thick of it. Right. And you're like, Ooh, I thought I looked so good. <laughs> but isn't that like part of like accepting, you know, looking at our old, like, elementary pictures when our haircut was you know all disheveled and we had a missing tooth and you know like we just woke up and we wore different you know we weren't matching and like that was us at that moment yeah and like loving that and like okay like I never want to go back there again but yeah I love her and she's cute and she was dealing with whatever she was dealing with you know like and doesn't it help 
you to have so much compassion for the people who you see going through it. Like I used to lie quite a bit. That was just kind of, and I think that kind of just comes with being an addict. comes with the territory. Yeah. 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 And I used to, um, I think I was so sensitive. My mom got sick when I, she got cancer when I was in eighth grade. And my dad was a very, um, he was a Vietnam vet. He is a Vietnam vet and a very volatile man Mm -hmm. and um, big, big energy. And when she got sick, he really softened. And the whole house softened. And I remember when I was eight years old, I, I, I took note of that. Right. I kind of was like, Oh, when you're sick, scary people become soft. And so I spent a lot of my teens and early twenties pretending to be sick because I thought that it was a way to navigate the world as a sensitive. Then I spent, once I realized that that was not a good idea, (laughs) I spent the next 10 years feeling like a terrible person because of it for having lied about it and kind of fed off people's emotions and making them worry. And, um, now, you know, and then in the last few years while getting sober, I was able to, you know, tell my sister, like I was never that sick. I was, and you know, and these are, like you said, this lie that builds up in you. Right. And you're so scared and you're like, I'm a terrible person. They're going to think that I'm, you know, and you've, you've spent years telling yourself how terrible you are for having done that. And then, and then you tell, you start to tell your friends or your family or the people that you, you told this lie to. And they're like, oh, well that, you know, that makes sense. Or, and it's just this, it's not that, that bad. But for me, I look back at those photos and I still get that tinge of like, disappointment in the decisions that I made both with drugs and lying and all of those things. And I feel so blessed that I had a therapist who was able to kind of put two and two together for me. And Mm -hmm. she was the one that after learning kind of all the different stories, after working with me for months, she was on that piece together that I witnessed um, my mom when she got ill and how people treated her. And and as a kid, my little kid brain was like, that looks really nice. Mm. Everybody's so gentle with you and soft with you. And um, I was able to finally let go of this idea that I was a bad person or a selfish person or that I had done something terrible. And that was a huge, that was a few years ago. And that was a huge game changer. And again, took away my desire to numb. Yeah, so all wow. of these little things that were kind of building up and making me just not want to deal with life at all, not be able to look in the mirror, you know, you start to atone for those things and take, take responsibility, but also like forgive yourself. That's yeah. what I, that's what I was going to say. There's a, there's a picture that comes up on my phone. Like if I'm scrolling through my pictures on my phone, there's a picture of me when Mel and I first started hanging out and I was homeless at the time and strung out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I look like a shell shocked concentration camp victim, like yeah. just gnarly dark circles and my head shaved and I'm standing there in this t-shirt and the look on my face, like I can see it now in my head. The look on my face is like, somebody please fucking help me is the yeah. look of, of this cat. Right? You can like see it in I your eyes. See it, yeah. And I would see that picture and it would like, 
the pit of my stomach would drop and it would send me into this like wave of regret for mistakes that I'd made and shit that I'd done and things I'd done to people and done to Mel and uh, all a million things. And then one day I was scrolling through there and I saw it and I looked at that and I thought, if that was somebody else, oh, what would I think? And I was yeah. like, oh my God, that guy just needs a fucking hug. That guy just needs a hug. Like I need to forgive him for all the shit that he did. Yeah. And it's okay. He didn't know any better. You're okay, mm-hmm. buddy. I didn't know. It's all right, man. And it was so weird when that happened. Like it was like something broke loose. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can like forgive myself for all that stuff. All and there's, there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. Because you're taking yourself back. Because that, yes. that shit weighs heavy in the background. It plays in the background all the time and it comes, it, it comes out and we don't even know it. And it's, yep. it's how we relate to the world. And then when that's gone, you're clear. Well, that's the healing part of the journey because there's like the forgiveness aspect, you know, there's the atonement aspect, all that. But in order to heal, you've got to like acknowledge that, like that there's even an issue or a problem. Yeah. And then you got to do something about it. And sometimes the something about it is forgiveness or sometimes the something mm. about it is compassion. Mm. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be always medicine, a drug or no. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's just like, I'm sorry to Aaron. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to myself. To I'm sorry to, you know, Haley, whoever that the you is because yeah. you didn't know you're going through life for the first time right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like survival. My, my therapist said it was a survival technique. Yeah. Totally. I didn't I know how, you know, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about other people's, how it was going to affect other people. All I knew was it was a, you know, just like with drugs, like I didn't know how me doing that those drugs were, I wasn't thinking about how it was going to affect somebody else. All I wanted was to not feel that pain anymore. All I wanted was to, um, not be afraid anymore, you know, or the confusion around losing someone to suicide. It's very confusing. And Mm. I just couldn't cope. You're like, Nope, not doing that one. Yeah. It's like, like it broke, you know, like something in my brain, just like, switched and I was like, no, can't, can't deal with that. And when you're not taught, I was very feral child. I think a lot of us were in the, in the (laughs) eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Latchkey kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and my parents had their own struggles with addiction. My dad again, came back from Vietnam, you know, with, I, I, I probably, it's not really my place to talk about their, their struggles, but you know, they were going through it too Mm -hmm. in the, in the eighties and nineties. And, um, you know, I think that when you're not taught healthy coping skills, you know, and, and you're kind of left to your own devices and left to figure out things uh, on your own, you kind of make it up as you go. And then when you find something as quick and as easy as drugs, um, you're like, well, this is much easier than, you know, having to deal with my emotions (laughs) or regulate. How long have you guys been doing this? Six years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. A little over six. Yeah. Six years in uh, July this year was six years. Wow, that's yeah. awesome! And and started as a like, huh? Let's, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna do this thing I don't know anything about. 
Yeah. <laughs> we, Do you guys like have talking. like a theme, like a theme, or is it really just? Well, yes. Is it all musicians? <laughs> well, Haley, we were talking about this earlier. Just I said, just, just an like, hour ago. Like an hour ago, I said to Aaron, I said, when somebody that doesn't know the show asks you what is about, what it's about, what do you say? And he was like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, you made it up. So what do you mean you don't know? And then, it, you know, it's like really what it is. It's what it's turned into. I should say yeah. it's, it started as grateful dead as us talking about grateful dead kind of. Yeah. But it is not that anymore. It started with the turn on moments of when, you know, first show or whatever, but mm-hmm. really it's, it's come to exactly what you're talking about. So one, thank you for sharing so much. You didn't mean to, we didn't mean to ask those. It just comes out, right? Like, oh but, yeah. but what happens is someone's going to, I'll tell you right now, someone will hear this interview and be blessed by what you've said. And that is what has, the show has turned into is like these awesome blessings from these musicians that they're just living their life, telling their norm, their story. And something in those stories touches the listeners' hearts and ours too. Like I learn so much from our interviews. I go back and listen to them as like homework and also as a part, like a listener, because the you're talking about universal issues. Like if you're a musician, it's like that struggle to be confident and, and figure out your craft and then like yeah. finding the right people as your band and then going on tour and all that. But then also like the human struggle the human stuff of, you know, coping with pain or I don't think I don't think any of us think enough about what could possibly be going on with an artist like they're up on that <gasps> stage and you have no idea. That's not no like nobody knew at Brooklyn Bowl that I was a month pregnant and scared and confused and you know it's just nobody there's we did a photo shoot and I look at that photo shoot and I'm like wow I there I am pregnant in that photo and it is so it's so wild to to think that and so we just don't we don't know and we almost dehumanize artists uh you know sometimes and it's that's a great what a great podcast where you can kind of get to thank you that's that's that was one of our purposes in doing it in the b it was like could you matt we get to know our heroes that we go to see in a concert and everything yeah i want to know them as a person then you go to the next concert you're rooting for your friend you know them more as a real person and not just that performer it's more real Well, and and we realized that through talking to the artists like apple said when we would go to a show our experience with the music was changing because yeah. now we're, it's a deeper experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh shit, we can provide that to the people that listen to the show. They can have that same experience. by yeah. listening. So it, it was only, it was musician centric at first. Um, but we've talked to artists and filmmakers and authors, authors yeah. and chefs. comedians and chefs. And it's kind of like, it's the scenes like, um who's who yeah and it's the stuff yeah. that we're into like the stuff that's getting yeah. getting us off we're like oh that that yeah. person's rad i'm i've been following this on instagram we should get him on the show and then that's great you're just and you're spreading awareness around the things that you like yeah that's, yeah, yeah i love that it's been a great avenue for getting new music out there that people would never have known about because right now music is so hard to, to get seen if you're a new <sighs> artist where the heck do you put your music and you don't have you to, have to get on playlists and exactly. you have to 
it's you have to yeah you have to kind of be associated with another artist and hope to get played on their spotify radio station and people don't really listen to albums anymore i've just noticed when i'm in so many friends cars i'll be like oh who is this and they'll they'll have no idea because it's just something a playlist or something which i think is is great and i know that I know I've discovered a lot of people through like my discover weekly or when I like it, I go and I start to dig and I, I look, um, and that's a great way to learn about new music. But I think that, you know, I, I always love the idea of trying to do something really fun or funky to make people want to buy the tangible album. Like we did, um, color me was our EP where you got to color the cover (laughs) so it's like if you can come up with ways to um you know or like do a treasure map or something like that so people have to like buy your tangible album i like vinyl does really well yeah it's it's made definitely made a um a resurgence and since yeah covid i feel like did something for vinyl people were like well i'm home i'm gonna buy records yeah um i wanted to ask a question because you said um you went to that uh rewilding um you know event after you found out you were pregnant with a friend Mm -hmm. tara lee is that the same tara lee that um she has a podcast uh tara lee weathers is that yeah yeah right yeah Yeah, because we've had her on the show and so yeah so we host a wild women retreat together okay um it's a lot. She's my best friend and they, her and her husband let me move in with them when I was first getting sober, uh, like fully sober from alcohol and everything. And I'm just so grateful to them because they took all the alcohol out of their house and we, they were just totally there for me. And, you know, and it was a struggle and it took a few tries and I made mistakes and I struggled and I stumbled and, and they just had my back every time. And they have a um, rap duo now called the Middle Ages. Have you heard of it? Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. Um, Ryan Moplu and I are on their album. Um, and, and so she's just been instrumental in my growth and my health and well-being. And then um, the she was doing these songwriting retreats with Ryan and and she asked if I would want to do a retreat and what that might look like. And I, at the time I'd gone through so much uh, in relationships that I said, you know, could we, could we make it just for women? And, um, and she said, I think that's great. And so we started to kind of formulate a plan to make these uh, retreats where you could kind of let loose and, you know, relax and try to find your authentic self. What we were talking about, like, Mm -hmm. what do I like? Like, and we would get into these big circles and just really talk about where each of us was at, like what we were hoping to get. Like for me, obviously I, I, you know, I, I had a lot to say when I got that she would hold a stuffed animal, like a talking stick when it's time to, you know, just really fun, um, safe environment. And I teach a movement class we all learn like a really fun movement like a dance and i and we all write a song together i do a songwriting workshop we do yoga there's amazing food it's fantastic we'll be doing one in the spring so um keep an eye out for that but they're transformative and like you said these are women that i end up forming lifelong bonds with Mm. so these are women that are fans of my music and then they come for the weekend and next thing you know we're you know best friends and and yeah these are women i 
talk to on a daily basis now. And so um, it's a really great way to, uh, you know, broaden your circle. I would like to start doing co-ed ones. We're talking about creature, uh, creature retreats, I think is going to be the name, but we're still working on that. The co-ed ones with, uh, for anybody. So, but those, I'm very proud of those. You should be. That's, you know, what? any, any space where folks can go and feel safe yeah. and relaxed and relaxed and <laughs> vulnerable man there yeah. were there were women showing up you know i showed up there and was freaking out because i didn't know what i was gonna do and then on the sunday of the retreat you know i showed up there on friday and was like told them everything i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm scared <laughs> i have an appointment on monday and then on sunday that happened and and then one lady was getting married and not sure if she wanted to get married. And we oh, all kind of shit. spent time focusing on that for a little while. And then, you know, you'd kind of break off into smaller groups and you'd find somebody who was maybe going through something, not the same, but similar, mm-hmm. or somebody who just had the same energy. You'd, you would, you kind of vibrate and, and, um, you know, gra- just be pulled gravitationally towards somebody. Um, and then you kind of spend the weekend getting close with maybe that one person or those two people. And then we'd all reconvene in a big group and it's all suggested. There's no, you have to be here at this time. It's all optional. Everything. Cool. We've done them in the winter where we've gone sledding. We've done um, summer ones where we ended up pulling this gigantic piece of trash out of the river. It took all of us. And yeah. We were so proud. <laughs> just stop. You never know what's going to happen. You just don't. And, and we leave we leave it all up to the universe and magic happens. Tara Lee always says magic is normal. It, absolutely. Yeah. That, I, we, That's awesome. We always wow. say yeah. when, when stuff happens <clears throat> that you were hoping or wishing or manifesting and everybody always says, I can't believe that happened. And it's like, no, yeah. you don't, don't say, say that. that. You say, of course that happened. That's you when Tara Lee would say, course. yeah, magic is normal. Yeah. <laughs> I totally believe that yeah. happened. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So Haley, what's going on with yes. the music now? Yeah. So, um, the pandemic threw me for a loop like it did for everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And I had a bit of an identity crisis. Join the club. Yeah. (laughs) I moved home to my birth town of Pacific Grove and I opened a little shop in Carmel by the sea with some friends. And I was, I owned a little shop and I stopped playing music and it was really strange. And it was like, I was in a dream for two years um, year and a half or so. And then I started to play music out there. I was playing at like Pebble Beach and these swanky, like, you know, hotels and stuff. And you're just background music. And that was pretty soul crushing. <laughs> and I just realized that my people and where I had built everything and just laid all my roots and, and especially my, my career roots was out here. And I started flying out here to do shows and flying home and then flying back out. And I was like, this is silly. And so I just moved back out here and I'm so glad I did. And so over the summer, I pieced together a band for each festival, which was, I I will admit, lots of fun. I had members of uh, Eggy, Dopapod, um, uh, Pink Talking Fish. I'm going to forget stuff i've had so many amazing players um would you, you know be in my band and i kind of piecemeal them together Do- josh dobbs amazing keys player from burlington and i would kind of 
piece them together and we'd go, we'd do one rehearsal and go play a festival. And it was a lot of fun, but not how I like to usually operate. And so now uh, on the 17th, I went up to Burlington and I, I'm not going to use the word audition because that just it stresses me out. But I jammed <laughs> with a bunch of younger um, kind of up and coming players in Burlington. Like we're talking like 22, 23, 24 and great players, super excited, super hungry, um, you know, ready to just ready to go. Because a lot of the the people, the folks my age are like either you kind of, it's like shit or get off the pot. You know, it's like yeah. either you're in to kind of keep pushing and, and see where it goes, or you're like kind of burnt out and you want to have kids or you want to go, you know, be a teacher or do other things. And I get, or, you know, do music kind of on the side, which I totally get. Um, I'm just, I'm a lifer and I know that about myself and I'm a road dog and I love being on the road. And um, so I think a band of young younger people is just what I need. I think their energy and their excitement is contagious. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, it'll be good for them too. Cause like, I'm, you know, I'm not a partier. And so I'm going to kind of need to keep them like, mm-hmm. you know, you can't self-destruct yet, you know, on your own time, right? you know, we're you working today. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And so hopefully just show them how to tour in a healthy way. You know, yes. no, I don't want to dictate anything or preach or anything, but I'd like to example. be a nice role model. Yeah. You can be an example through action. Yeah. And just show them that, when you know it's so much better to wake up fresh and and um you know party on your when you know you have the next day off you know and just stuff that i've learned over the years and and um i also think they're a great group for me to start exercising my ability to be a band leader which I don't think I ever was, even though it was Haley Jane and the primates. I don't think I ever fully stepped into that role because I was so uh, volatile and unstable for a really long time. And so I think that I've never stood in those shoes with confidence. And I think having some years on these guys is going to kind of help facilitate that energy. Oh, you know, wow. not, not dictatorship or anything like that. Just, you know, I still want a, a, a democracy, but I want to lead. I want to lead yeah. and I want to be talk about, you know, verbalizing what I want, opening this thing up mm. and and finally, you know, having bigger opinions. I think with the primates, I was so certain that they knew better than me. Because they had all graduated from Berkeley and and knew more about theory. And so I always assumed that their opinion was correct when it came to music. And so I really didn't push, um, not in a bad, I, I wasn't oppressed or anything like that. I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel like my uh, opinion was very valid or uh, useful. Well, in, and you also, and I, you, you can't lead by exploding either yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> that's not it's not, a, it's not how it goes and yeah these guys are never going to know the struggle of like finding me in a bush in the rain crying after the show you know <laughs> so my oh those boys the god bless the primates shout out to the primates oh, i put shout them through out primates. it yeah, man. i put them through it and um i love those boys so much and they're all doing cool stuff like they're all doing such cool. Josh is in a band called Peak and Claw is in the Strange Machines. And Justin is a director at the School of Rock. Oh, shit. And, oh, 
Yeah. And Dobbs and I are still playing together, but Dobbs does this really cool, like Grateful Dead thing up at Nectar's um, on Tuesdays with a bunch of just whoever cool people are around. It's awesome. Everybody's doing their thing. And I'm super, super proud of everybody. Um, and you never know. There's always, you know, we got back together for ADK for Adirondack Festival and um, there's always a possibility of us, you know, but I think everybody's kind of on their own path. And I think in order for me to step into this new role, I need to do it with some new people. A reset for yourself. So is this yeah. thing, is this thing congealed? <laughs> Has it come it's, together? So, I mean, essentially these are the guys I'm taking on tour in January. Right. So we're going to announce those dates soon. Okay. Uh, probably in the next week. And um, we're, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's, you never know until, and the only way to know is to do, and the only way to get tight is to play over and over again. And, you know, I'm very excited to um, challenge myself to remember that it's, they're just, we're just getting started. Yeah. I think one of the challenges of playing with people of, of primates caliber um. And, and the amount, and we played together for 10 years. So these songs were, they knew my every move. Claw knew what I was going to do before I did it. They would catch me. It was like falling back into a net. When I'd make a mistake, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. They would just go with it. It was just this beauty. You, you get to such a beautiful level when you play with people for that long. So now the challenge is remembering that it's not that yet. And, um, I will never, Mikey Karuba from Cool, Cool, Cool called it poisoning the well. And I used to get upset about something on stage and I glare at somebody or, you know, and then you shoot this negative energy into them and back into yourself and then it spreads and you've poisoned the well. Oh. And that's something I'm, I'm just never going to do again. And I have new boundaries and new rules. Like don't talk about the set right after. If you have notes, talk about it the next morning, just little things that I've learned are going to help. Um, you know, just, just instill confidence instead of, you know, uh, fear or doubt or, you know, that critical voice doesn't always have to be super loud and there's ways to do things. I just want to behave differently. And I, I think with the primates, I created an environment of fear where I was so volatile that they couldn't come to me mm. and tell me things. They couldn't tell me when something was uh, bothering them or when they were upset and, um, because of how I would react and how defensive I was and, and, you know, and so creating a, a safe environment where everybody has a voice and where everybody can feel heard. And I want them to feel creatively fulfilled. I want everybody to kind of, um, I'll call, you know, I'll, I can come with an idea, but I want the guitarist to come up with the guitar. You know, I want the bassist to, to come up with the baseline and really, unless I have some sort of clear idea, but usually I'm pretty open. I like to see how things, I love collaboration because yeah. it always brings out something else in me. It, it you know, it's playing a different character. It sounds to me like you're, you grew up. Mm -hmm. you, you're approaching this like a grown up. Finally, whatever man. that means. But I mean, well, that's the good shit. That's the good yeah. stuff, man. That's the, it's awesome to be a grown up. Yeah, it that's, really that's the good part. It's a, it's a lot also, of people shit on being a grown up, but it's amazing when you're doing it good. Well, and when you're yeah. when you're when you're a grown up, you can look at too because that's what you're talking about going and playing with with younger people in their twenties and stuff. 
through doing the podcast, we discovered that like six years ago, we're especially me and Aaron had that you know, kind of like there's no good new music. There's <laughs> like like these young like and then we started talking to a lot of younger bands. Dogs in a pile. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, yeah. Dogs in a pile is how you kind of got on our radar when yeah. you joined. Then it was like, who is this? And then went down you know, the rabbit hole, finding out who you were, what you've done and stuff. But like those boys and Aggie and yeah. these band, we discovered quite a while ago, we're like, everything's good. There is hope left. The world oh, is in, the so, world is so in good pretty. hands. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Really. Yeah. The dogs in a pile guys are just uh, remarkable, mm. remarkable players. Um I've been working with Brian from Dogs in a Pile writing um, some some more folky stuff, which is really fun. And um, yeah. And so what my plan, it's a very loose plan right now, but I'll, I'll talk about it is uh, while I'm getting these other guys kind of ready and we're rehearsing and getting all this stuff together, I have a few songs that I'd like to record and release. And so what I'm going to do is kind of piece together um, kind of a super group. I don't know if I'm going to do a different one for each song, mm -hmm. like a different group of pals for each song, but I've got like Ben Adkin from Goose and I'm going to get some, just some members from all that my different like friends and, and pull together and re release like maybe three tunes. I just need to put some new music out there. I have the songs. I just have to kind of buck, you know, buckle in and, and get in the studio and, and record them. So probably have some friends from dogs, friends from Aggie, you know, friends from Dopapod, just get all the pals, whoever's available, whoever I can get in a room together. Uh, That's all exciting. That is exciting. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. So just get a, you know, just get a few tracks down with all the friends kind of almost to take a snapshot of, you know, how wonderful the summer was, which was, you know, putting these, these kind of um, collage bands together to, to get it done. And now, um, and then with the new band, I'd like to do some writing and put out a totally, you know, a new album. When you with do, a lot of let us know. And you can yeah, I will. And we'll talk about it. What's, what's yeah. going on with the painting? Oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm working towards my first art show. It's going to be next year at some time. Um, at Miracle Gallery in Burlington. So for the first time ever, I'm making, making paintings and then not trying to sell them. I have oh, to okay. keep them. Building up a collection. <laughs> so I can have enough. I was like, and, and so what are you doing with them? For, you keep them for the gallery. Because I would always, I'm lucky enough to, I feel very blessed that my paintings would sell within hours of putting them up. And now I can't even show them off because it's got to be this big reveal. And surprise, I started doing digital art. I just made my first um, prints of a very interesting Dali-esque uh, surrealist um, digital piece. And I'm selling those. I only made 25 of them. So I think I've got like 11 left. Um, so if you're, anybody's interested in that, it's up on my Instagram. I was going to say, okay, is that the one the I one. saw on Instagram? Yes. It's amazing. So I've been exploring that. So I'm doing digital art. I'm doing, um, I do pet paintings. I do people's dogs. Oh my gosh. Uh, how cute. <laughs> yeah. That's been very lucrative. Like lots of people want their pet painted. And oh, yeah. so that really kept me afloat during the pandemic. And when I wasn't playing as much music and then 
Um, so a lot of commissions and then I really try to paint for myself. It's really important for me just mentally and emotionally to paint just for me sometimes. Um, and, uh, that's great. And, um, yes, darling, just to go back to music. Uh-huh. I don't know if you guys know about yes, darling. Uh-uh. Oh, yay. <laughs> Do you know Ryan Montblue? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay, good. I, I know I, first it from all, listening to to you do that. That's the one I was talking, where you kind of do, it. It's, there's kind of like some doo-wop almost sound, or like, yeah, like a so throwback. Yeah, so it's definitely throwbacky. So okay, we play, yeah. it's it's comedy. It's musical comedy. Yes, okay. And it's essentially like Lucy and Desi meets Tenacious D. Oh, my gosh. Oh, shit, yes. <laughs> so, like, we play this dysfunctional couple and we look like we're from the 50s but all of our content is modern day and we will make you cry like the audience members cry full on we sing about heavy things like transference how we don't mean to but we take out the things that have happened to us in our past subconsciously we're taking them out on the person we're with in the present like things of that nature and then you know we um sing about really mundane stereotypical couple shit you know like the girl being like what are you thinking about (laughs) you know the guy you know supposedly having nothing going on in his brain because that's and the girl having all of this stuff and we do this really funny kind of operetta sounding like you know um it's very there's also there's one where we get in a car and you know the road trip the couple on a road trip the quintessential starting to bicker hour by hour it gets worse and worse and i remember when i was writing that one with brian montblue you know a big part of the project is kind of it's like improv like saying yes and uh he was like what if we dropped acid right here in the song and i was like what we're on a road trip and he's like and i was like all right, let's do it. And so the song takes a hard right turn (laughs) and it ended up being everybody's favorite. If you get a chance, it's called Calabasas. And um, now during the live show, we're, you know, we start to everything gets psychedelic and clothing gets removed and it's, and so it, it, we did it one time with a full blown set. So it's almost like it's becoming a musical. Um, we took the, we had some engineer friends take the front off a 1954 Plymouth Plaza and for the car, you know, so it's almost, there's scenes, there's sets. So the green room is on stage and the kitchen is on stage. It's a show about a couple that does the, does a show. Oh my gosh. So when we're in the green room, the fourth wall is up and it's like a play. You're seeing us bicker and, and get angry. And then we walk out of the green room onto the stage and we're all smiles ready for the show. <laughs> so it's very meta. And Ryan and I write a lot about things that have actually happened. There are a lot of times where we got into fights like right before the show. Um, we're both very volatile artists. So there's <laughs> there's a lot of um, very real things mixed in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So it's so it it can get very confusing and emotional. And sometimes you don't sometimes I don't know what's real. And sometimes I don't know if one of us subconsciously started the fight before the show just to kind of get us into character. But it's it's really it's a special project. And I'm very proud of everything I've done. I'll say that first. But I will without a doubt say that one of the things I'm most proud of is yes, darling. I think it's unique and I think it's really special. 
and um, it's another chance to be vulnerable on stage and play another character. Haley Darling is what I call her. And she's, um, again, another little amplified piece of, of this confused kind of woman that loves chivalry and loves the idea of the 1950s housewife, but is also so angry at men and, and, um, you know, wants to be independent and fierce and taken seriously, but also wants the door held open for her and kind of wants her cake and eats it too. And so that's another thing. So we're hopefully doing some shows at the end of January, beginning of February. uh, I'm so so glad you broke that down because honest, I, I listened to that the other day, look at looking at other things you did and listening to it in my car. I didn't get it. Cause I was in my I'm car. So curious I wanted to hear song, music out of context. There, there was a song sp- where your voice was completely different than the other stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, her voice on this. And then it went into like talking and stuff. And I was like, no what? careful because there is a Haley Jane from Detroit. Yeah. Different spelling. No, this, this girl's spelling is the same. same as oh yours. no. Okay. But you gotta be really careful because she sounds very different than I do. I think she's changed her name since then, but I think some of her old music is still. Um, yeah, no, th- th- this is it. Oh, that's the red, it. The yeah, red, okay, the, this is what I was listening to. I just yeah, had to make okay, sure good. again. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and it caught it. me off guard. I'm like, what, what, what? I don't understand. I was in the car, like yeah, to hear music. So now I am really going to enjoy listening oh, to this. Now. I would I think honestly, we all if you're all the in. type of person that can listen to an album start to finish. It's 45 oh, yes. minutes and it's, it's really worth your time. I, I, in I, the eighties and nineties, we can listen to it. Yeah. And, I, and I love 50. So like, I love, I'm absolutely still in love with Mad Men to this day, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna there's lo- there's the- one song called open relationship um, where we confess to cheating on each other at the same time. Shit. And uh, we go through the ins and outs of trying an open relationship and it's got this kind of 70, it's just 60, 60s, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just this, um, I don't know. I, 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 I won't do it justice, but check, check it out. It's, it's funny. I love it. It's and I'm so excited too. to start that, that's doing the it. track I was on. Oh, that's open, open relationships open is the rela- track, oh my gosh, is yeah, the track I was on. So, okay, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking so forward to listening to this whole thing. There's a lot of speaking. It's theater. It's yeah. theater. I dragged Ryan Montblou into theater with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. I it's a big it. dream of mine to, you know, I love the jam scene and I love theater. And I think what I was trying to do with the primates, I had four dancers I was essentially trying to do what they do, you know, what you use the lights for. I was trying to do it with human bodies. Um, oh, wow. I was trying to create visual entertainment with within the jams and um, kind of bring theater and in, into the jam scene. Um, I'm also writing a musical called Festival the Musical, which is about the jam scene. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Have you yeah. Worked, have you worked at all with the the guys from Pigeons playing ping pong? I yeah, I've sat in with them before. Um, I've sung with them. Yeah, we've been on a lot of festivals together. I love those guys. I think I sang. Um, <laughs> what song is that? Love me, love me. Say oh yes, yeah. love me. <laughs> love fool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but I was, I was in very, very early sobriety then. So I was just a little all over the place. I'm just very excited to hit the ground running now. It's, it's really cool to see you right now. I'm glad we got you right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special time because I think that the first year of my, my full sobriety was rocky and hard and you know how it is. Like you gain weight, you, you know, you're just, you're kind of regulating your emotions. So I was all over the place. I was, you know, dating when I shouldn't have been and um, just very, and then the pandemic hit. And so, and then after that, I like moved back and I've slowly, I got a new manager, Emily. She's amazing with Royal Artist Group. So excited. I'm on there with some really wonderful, it's a beautiful roster. I'm very proud to be on Royal Artist Group and um, just starting to get everything in order, you know, like the buildup to like finally just hitting the ground running, healthy, sober, happy, single, um, doing everything because it's what I want to do. And it's because I want it's because it's what I love instead of trying to please people and making art that's weird. And because I love it and making music that's weird and, and not trying to fit into any box. I think I'm just at this place where I, it's, you know, fuck it. You're doing what Haley wants to do. Hell yeah. yeah that's dope. Yeah. That's and you've dope. got a really awesome story and it's yours. You yeah. know, like you were talking about like, who am I? Who a character? Like you're all of them. You're this of conglomeration them. of all this awesome shit. And the amalgam. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but also like we're humans, like, right. We poop, we fart, we blow our nose. Oh my we God, stink. you poop too? Yeah. Really? yeah sometimes. A couple times. Oh. A couple times. <laughs> but like, but then we do that emotionally yeah, yeah, too, right? Like we do that emotionally. We step on each other's We poop toes. emotionally? Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you have or not. I've done it plenty. Oh yeah. I have emotional poop. Sometimes it's like, it's, all over it's, the place. it's just really Sometimes cool. It's, it's, it's cool to see, like Aaron said, see you at this stage of your life and to have the honesty, like you were saying, just being so candid with yourself and just yeah. like, this is it. This is me. And, and what? Well, and, and I'm sure that somebody's said this to you, but we haven't said this to you. Congratulations, Haley. Yes. Yeah. Good Thank job. You. Good job Thank making you. it through you. and not dying. Yeah. You did good. I made it. <laughs> you did. And yeah. there's a lot of us that don't. Yeah, sis. that's true. There's just a lot of us that don't that make it. That is very and true. I'm glad you did because it seems like you have some really beautiful stuff to share with the world. And I'm here yeah, for it. I just want to show people the reason I'm so open about it. One is because if there's anybody that's carrying around a lie. I have a song called Redemption and and it's really about just letting it go. Like mm. if you're carrying around a lie, if you've done something to somebody or you've made a mistake or you've, you know, and you're just carrying it around, like I, I would love to inspire people to just find a way to get it out. It, even if you don't like, if, if confessing is too big, find a way to write it out, find a way to get it out of you somehow. Um, And the other thing is the reason I will talk so openly about having been a heroin addict is because I think it's really important for people that are still struggling, especially now with fentanyl. I missed the fentanyl scene. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've heard that it is 10 times harder to, to come out of that. And, and, but it's possible and I've seen it. And I guess I just want to be an example for people that not only, you know, can you 
get out of it, but you can thrive and you can, you know, like it takes a while to re-regulate and, and sort it out, but it happens and you can meet wonderful people. You can fall in love again. You can, you know, you can rediscover a completely new you. Hmm. And that's important to say, because sometimes people think they're damaged goods. They're destroyed. You know, like that's, that's real. It's only, it's only given you more to work with. That's my superpowers now. Exactly. And I think, you know, my, uh, the, you know, I, I guess, I guess I won't call it oversharing, but you know, I share, I share very openly. I just don't, I'm not a close, I, I'm a very open person. I always have been maybe like, <laughs> maybe to the point where it's been oversharing, but um, I do that. I think that <laughs> the more we can, yeah, the more we can talk about things, the more people aren't afraid to, one of the best compliments I've ever gotten was my dancing is pretty out there. I don't know if you see me I've dance on it. stage, I've but that it. was something it's I discovered. I dig it. Yeah. And it, it's very freeing and it's what some would call ecstatic dance. And, um, uh, this woman said that it gave her permission Aww. to, to, to let go and dance. Cause I was on stage looking insane and it feels so good. Cause I feel like the energy is just shooting out my chest and my fingertips and my head. And, and I just feel like this kind of watery tree. And, um, I think that if you can just be brave enough to share your stories, um, and cautionary tales or tales of triumph, whatever it is, you're, you're just, going to encourage somebody else to to share and then we all get talking and and we don't have to shut people down and and be afraid of conversations because you're going to be you know get canceled or or um you know i think that we have to keep an open dialogue and we have to encourage everybody to ask questions if they're confused about something and um there's so much going on and there's so much movement and progression in the world and as as you age, you can start to feel left behind. Mm -hmm. And I think keeping an open dialogue around everything and being able to talk about things without shame, about your past, about your confusion around a new concept. um, I just think that if we were all more compassionate and understanding with each other, that um, we could really heal the world. And, and yeah, again, going back to being a, an example of that is what you're doing and yeah. showing people how to do it without preaching at them. And it's fucking rad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. No, no, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> Haley, thank you for tonight. Wow. Thank you so much. This was a good one. Yeah, man. Really oh yeah. Anytime you want to come back on, you just say the word you're back okay. here when you got yeah, stuff to I, talk about. Get some, yeah. When I've got one of these many things, whether it's the, the, you know, the EP or the the art show or a new album or big tour or something, I'll hit you guys up. Yep. All and right. if you, um, when if we you, come out Portland way, hit us up. Are you guys Portland, Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Do you know that I've never been? No. What? Oh my God. No, it's crazy. Visit. So there's places the one, that want one, you to perform here. Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> the place I've never performed is the Pacific Northwest. Oh, oh. I've just never been, never been up there. Wow. And so, oh, that's not true. I'm sorry. I performed at the Gorge. Okay. That, that counts as a PNW. That's, that's a, yeah. yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's Washington. Yeah. And I that's was a... back up singing on work tour in 08. Oh, okay. Okay. yes. <laughs> well, we in need a... to get you out to Portland. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, well, that was in Washington. The and gorge. we, we yeah. love it too because you're like, like you said, a lot of these <gasps> younger people you're working with, like we're really close with Aggie and dogs, and dogs in a pile yeah. stayed with us several times when they've been in town, and they're all new to the Pacific Northwest. It's hard touring yeah. up here; everything's kind of far apart. But they're all starting to do it, and they're getting great responses when they come out here. So. Yeah, I can't wait to get up there. Who is that? This is the fourth member of No Simple Road. This is Darwin. That's Darwin. Yeah, Darwin. Darwin <laughs> is what's that? Is almost. Look I think we. I think he's eleven, and he is a Bernese Mountain Dog German Shepherd mix, and he speaks English. And he's weird, and he has to pee. And he's awesome. And he's a minor. <laughs> and that's why he's coming to town. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm, go. Dar- I'm a huge Darwin fan. Oh, <laughs> this, he's amazing. If you were here, he, you would love him. He's such a cuddle bug. He's so human. He He's our spiritual guardian during any yeah. types of ritual. He is just, he's amazing. What made you choose the name? He came he with it. He was a rescue. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And he was damaged goods when we got him too. Oh, yeah. No, no, he's, time. No, he's, yeah, he's a chill a little boy. Yeah. And he knows our Just language. Like, he knew we were wrapping up. He yes, knows he when knows. we get to it. When we start saying certain things, I think it's when we start like inviting people. Like when you come here, come stay with us or come visit. He yeah. stood up all of a sudden. He's been laying, yeah, he's he's like, been hey, laying here for six years. <laughs> he wants to see us. who we're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Haley, she looks cool. Let her in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, that's great that you loved him so much and to comfort, you know, to, to where he's there now. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. That's my buddy right there. It was worth the investment, you know, thousand percent. I think there's a lot to be learned from dogs that obviously went through some sort of trauma or abuse. I use kind of, you know, that analogy when I'm trying to help educate people on, especially men who are maybe um, trying to have a relationship with a woman who's been traumatized or abused. There's this, you know, patience and understanding and compassion and a lot of time and leeway and mm-hmm. you got to give your your pet leeway or that person that you know your partner because like they're gonna screw up that's it's not like yeah. if they do it's like they're yeah. gonna screw up how are you gonna handle it how are you yeah. gonna be compassionate in those moments and like mm-hmm. not put your feelings aside but like act maturely for the situation yeah. not just yeah. respond quickly like so yeah we we had yeah. to really learn and it's you know, we're parents, we're grandparents, so we're you guys are grandparents. Yes. Yes. <laughs> better and better. Yeah, but like <laughs> so taking care of people is for twenty six years, we that's what we do. That's our, that's that's our, our bag. bag. Their kids yeah. are growing up, they're grandparents, now they're raising me. No. <laughs> <laughs> we always joke about that. Oh, yeah. Because we all live together and yeah, they're they're raising me still. Oh. <laughs> All right. Haley, thank you so much. Yes. My unbelievable pleasure, guys. Thank you. This was really wonderful. For us, too. For us, for sure. Very therapeutic. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is therapy. (laughs) Thanks for being so open and honest and everything. And we love what you do. We love you now. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out, Haley. Oh, right on. Take it easy, Haley. Yeah. Bye. Bye. That was unexpected and dope as shit. She's awesome. She is a ray of sunshine. Like, thank God, Haley, you made it through everything and you are who you are now. And 
and who you and are who you were then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's still, it's still like embracing that person and Dude, having she compassion does for them. Everything. She's painting dogs. She's <laughs> writing musicals. She like I, doing retreats with women. I'm Friggin- so glad she explained that album because I don't know if I would have gone back and listened to it. Now I get what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. You, it, there's got to be context. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Because it, it was, it was awesome but off-putting like when you're in the car wanting to hear music while you're driving you weren't ready and then that's it like, wasn't time it's for like that. that was just seen and now there's like an argument going on i don't get it <laughs> well now you know wow um that it was, made me feel that's good. my new favorite that was my new favorite <laughs> yeah everybody this was like a feel-good episode when you have somebody beautiful bright shining eyes and giving you that um background that really yeah i didn't see that coming i didn't see it coming I didn't either see that coming at all and that's how that's why people are dope the amount that we can um i don't even want to say it like this what's it? not conceal like you're doing it on purpose but the amount that we don't know about somebody when you first meet them yeah like they're you're a complete mystery yeah and when you start probing and asking what's revealed to you is still just a small portion of who you are yep i i have to say that i relate to Haley in that people have said to me i can't believe you're so open about your past and what you've done like on the show you just talk about it it's no problem and it was all like I felt like I could have said the stuff that she was saying about why maybe there's somebody out there that's going through it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you don't know. And who am I to hold that back? That's my life and it happened. And yeah, I'm going to talk about it. It's, it's not bad now. It's everything's good. I just think that there's a lot of people that like, hell yeah, that's true, babe. There's so many people that are used to purposeful, purposefully, concealing who they are because they are ashamed or because it's weird to think about or because you know most people don't do whatever and so you just get into a habit kind of like she said holding things back it was the it's the only way that i could make it through that shameful feeling was to expose it telling people about it as much as possible then it's Does like, that make sense? Yeah, that, that, yeah, you're that, yeah. like she said, you're Absolutely. getting it out. And there's not nothing. There's no power out. anymore. No, in it. no. Like uh, everybody knows about it now. What yeah. are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, now what? Yeah. Okay. I like what you said too, because I hadn't heard you say looking at that picture of yourself back then. That now you have compassion for that person. Oh yeah, man. Thousand. thousand yeah, thousand. I've never heard you say that either. That's yeah. really cool. when you said. I was just kind of like, hell yeah. Well, it's true, that man. Person, that person's hard to look at sometimes. Oh, that dude's sick. I. That's the guy that I wanted to help. Yeah, that's the guy that I didn't know I loved. That guy looked that, like he got hit by a truck. That's the guy that understood how I felt. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, by yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I totally understand. Like that guy got me and he's the one that nurtured me. He nurtured me. Yeah. With the, that with, homeless with two bug bro- eye. With two broken wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's you see like that's we're not humans are not one-sided we're not what we do we have choices and actions that we do but that's not all that we are i i 
that we're constantly changing. Yeah. If, if we're gonna, by moment. If we're talking about like speaking stuff that we want, like Haley was saying, it's my uh, sincere desire that whoever is out there that listens to the show that needs to hear this puts this episode on. Yeah. Don't, I hope they don't, they're not going to skip this, whoever they are. Yeah. I'm speaking that. No, that, yeah, th- th- they will be drawn to it. Yep. It, you know, listen, you know, if you listen to No Simple Road on a semi regular basis, maybe not every single episode, that's hard to do. Listen to every single episode of anything. But you should. But if you listen to more than 10 episodes, you know our style and you understand, like, you know, how we get personal with these people and it doesn't happen on purpose. Do you know what I mean? We're not like, we're going to reveal something nobody ever has heard about, or that's not what we're trying to do, but like it happens. It happens. And we never know who's going to be that person that it happens with, you know, like interviews are like a box of chocolates. You never know. You never know what, what you're going to get. But it's true though. Like it is true. We, you don't know. We could have talked about her musical theater. Totally. She's that was a huge part we of her growing up. We could have talked about her learning how to paint. Exactly. We could talk more about her parents, like yeah. whatever, you know. So I just feel like we got a, a real beautiful diamond today or and, a little pearl. And I talked to a princess. Oh, uh, we was, had royalty on the that show. That was great. Yep. I talked to a princess. So <laughs> everybody. Wow. Hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Yeah. And I hope it made you feel some of the feelings that you forgot. And um, until next time, take care of each other. Smile at a stranger. Love, your, love yourself. Hydrate. Yeah. Mm. Forgive yourself. For, yeah, forgive yourself. Have love compassion. Yourself. And and you know what? If you see pictures of yourself from the past and you did bad shit back then, take a look at those pictures and pretend like that's somebody else for a minute and see how you would feel towards them and then flip that to yourself. Forgive yourself for all the dumb shit you did when you were younger because it made you who you are today. If you're still here. So anyway, we'll see you next week. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. Confess your sins and your lies now. And you, you will be forgiven. Heathens. You shall be healed. <laughs> yeah, amen. You amen. must be redeemed. What?
What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.